remained unchanged at 3.5%, which is quite unfortunate. And we were speaking about it earlier on in the week, saying that a lot of us, especially those of us who are managing our respective property portfolios, would have loved to see it go down, even if it was by 25 basis points. Well, we're going to have to see and monitor uh, what the Reserve Bank is going to be saying in future weeks when it comes to this one. We do hope that Anytime soon, we will be seeing that decrease in the repo rate. Well, this evening, we've got something very interesting uh, to talk about. It's something that we actually haven't touched on. And I know to you know, a lot of our viewers, whether you're watching us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, or on Twitter, this is a topic that you're probably going to find very interesting and fascinating. We're looking at an expert guide to getting someone on and off a deed. We don't typically talk about you know, title deeds. We've only uh, you know, brushed on them just slightly. So we're going to be getting a better perspective on why this document is even so important. You know, we talk about it in passing. Uh, sometimes people never really get to see uh, a deed because you probably have properties that are always bonded after seven to ten years. Perhaps you buy another property. So you really only have, you know, the bank's copy, but never have your own one. So we'll also be looking at the importance of this deed what goes into it, how do you then add you know, people on or take somebody off, um, whether you've bought somebody out. Or, for example, in instances where it is the family home. And that is certainly something that you can look forward to. If you have any questions or comments when it comes to better understanding a deed, then do send them through. Something else that we always do here on the Private Property Podcast is, of course, our giveaway. Earlier this week, we celebrated 150 episodes of the Private Property Podcast, and we give away that 1,000 Rand cash prize. But because we're still in a giving mood, we are giving away 500 Rand cash prize every single episode for this week. So this evening we will be announcing the lucky winner who's going to be walking away with that 500 Rand in cash. And all you have to do is to, of course, enter the competition in the link below. If you're watching us from other social media platforms, we are running this competition on our Facebook page. And we want to know from you how the private property uh, podcast has impacted you and even informed some of the property decisions that you have made. Do share with us some of the things that you have learned along the journey with us for the past couple of months and you get still a chance of walking away with that 500 rand in cash remember you have to be watching us live in order for you to claim that prize and you can walk away with that money if you're not tuned in and picking up your hand once we have announced the winner unfortunately we'll go to the next person uh, who hopefully will also be live and will be able to to claim that prize. Well, that's it for us this evening. I think it's now time to get tucked in to our conversation and somebody to help us better understand the comings and goings when it comes to a deed. I'm joined this evening by Osaki Lesbego, who's the managing director at Sibego uh, uh, Incorporated. Uh, Sakile, good evening and thank you so much for joining us. Good evening, Zama. Thank you for having me. It's only a pleasure. You know, Sakile, before we even get to uh, you know, the logistics of how you get somebody on and off. Perhaps explain to us what exactly is a deed? When we talk about, you know, a deed, what exactly are we talking about? Um, Zama, a deed or a title deed. Remember when two people uh, do a transaction, when you buy or let's say when you buy a property, um, there's a whole process which then follows and which unfolds. Um, you get attorneys involved and we then register uh, that property into your name. So the deed would be the document that contains the property descriptions that would contain the information of the transaction, 
when the property was sold, uh, from who you bought it for, from and for how much it was um, sold or bought for, you know, and when it was registered. So it then contains just basically all the details of the transaction and how it landed uh, in your name. And then um, it is then registered at the deeds office and a number is allocated to it. They'll call it a title deed number. If it's a sectional title, it will be a sectional title. And also, it gets if it was done in a certain year, so you get that reference number and also the year in which it was registered. And you know, when when you look at it, I remember I you know, when I bought the first couple of properties, I, I actually didn't even request a copy from from the bank. I think it was only after the fact that I requested the copy to actually just get a sense of how it looks like. And I think one of the big things with people who, uh, you know, currently have a number of their properties perhaps bonded is so many people tend to not even see what goes into a title deed. Um, and we don't really have a full understanding of what goes into it. It's probably after you've, you know, taken interest into it and looked into it, understand if there are restrictions, what are those restrictions uh, that you become slightly more aware of what goes into the title deed. Perhaps just take us through very briefly about some of the key things that one would find in a uh, title deed. I mean, you already touched on some of them um, in as far as the information that you would find in it, but what are some of the key things that we should be looking out for, especially, and I, I ask this question, especially when we explore a lot of the family houses. I mean, there have been so many scandals that we've had in the past couple of years where you know, there's title deed fraud, and sometimes people want copies of their title deeds and they always have um, you know, struggles with accessing them. And because you don't know how this document looks, somebody could give you something that they say is the title deed of a house, and you as you know, the party who would not necessarily be able to uh, you know, properly authenticate it because you don't know about the deeds office and making sure that you verify the information there. So what are some of the key things that we should be looking out for in a title deed that would probably have us be slightly rest assured that that is an authentic, authentic uh, document uh, that we're looking at? Right. So what should get then, um, on the first page you get the, the title deed number, and I think what's important is that if you want to check if this um, title deed number indeed exists, is that if you do or perform a deed search uh, using the software, which is you get uh, all the conveyances sure. use certain software, but you can also just for the general public, if you do go to the deeds office and you just give them the title deed number and they run a search, um, it's it's that search would give you the title deed. So this is one way of seeing if your title deed is actually um, a proper title deed and if the information that you retrieve would confirm that who owns the property for how much it was bought for and um, when it was registered. So on the title deed, you will also have confirmation of the parties to the transaction, who the seller was, um, if, if it's like an RDP, then you will see who the transferor was. You know, if it's the Department of Housing, Human Settlements, or if John was selling to Jimmy, then it will show you that John, who was married to Sue, sold this property to this person. And what you also then get is the dates of the transaction, when the property was sold, 
uh, you will get information, but most importantly is the property description, um, which you'll also pick up on the title feed, the full property description, and when it was registered and at which office, uh, because you know in each province we do have different offices. Um, and and I think Sakila, you know, to to almost get into what we're looking at this evening, we're going to be exploring, you know, the guide to getting somebody on and off a title deed. Perhaps let's go through why somebody would be getting another party on and off a title deed. So if I own a particular property, I'm the sole person uh, on that particular deed, uh, title deed, what would then necessitate me adding somebody on uh, my particular title deed of the whichever property that I would um, be owning at that time? Okay, so let's say um, you buy now a property and you're unmarried or you just buying a property because you're alone. Um, a reason why you want to add someone on um, the property is, let's say you meet a partner, and although you're not yet married, but you decide that, look, um, I'll, let's own this property together because you know they want to contribute. So that might be one reason. The other factors when people then get married and you get married in community of property. Yes, by the operation of law, that property will then also be part of the joint estate. But you know, certain people are not satisfied with just knowing that yes, we are married and therefore this property also belongs to me. Someone wants to see their name on the title deed because remember, if you get if you buy a property now and you get married three years later, your property is registered now. It doesn't reflect your partner's details. And two years later, you get married. Yes, this property forms part of the joint estate, but we have not updated the details of that property. So this might also be one of the instances where you want to add someone else. You know, um, so. If, 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 if people are married, then there would be certain applications, uh, Section 45, um, in terms of Section 45 of the Deeds Registries Act. But then if people are not married or married out of into property, then your partner would then apply a half share. So they would be buying the half share. Um, and in the same breath, the same applies when someone, you bought a property together, and now you want to get someone off the property because maybe there's been a breakdown in the relationship. Mostly it's because there's a breakdown in the relationship and then you need to get this person off the title. So these are the, the reasons and this is what gives them rise to this need of saying, let me add this person or let me take this person off because either relationship is good or relationship is bad. And, you know, we actually a couple of months um, around buying property when you are married in community of property. And one of the big things around that was as much as possible, you want to, uh, you know, sign that anti-natural contract uh, because it, more often than not may mitigate you know, when things do break down, because the reality is relationships may break down and, when there is a property in the equation, it can get um, quite tricky to go your separate ways. And I think, uh, especially to women, I think, and I remember that episode, the guest that I had was also a woman. And a lot of the examples you tend to find that, 
you know, women do tend to be uh, shortchanged. So I think that was an interesting one to just explore other ways to safeguard the assets um, as a unit uh, so that you can cushion yourselves as much as possible uh, should something like that occur. Now, Sakile, you know, I want to then look at what the best way to go about. Let's first start with um, when we add somebody on, on a title deed. So you bought it when you were unmarried and you now have a partner and you're, you know, you've gotten married. Um, what would be the, the next, the best cause of action in order to ensure that they, um, you know, their names are also added onto uh, that title deed? Okay, so um, what's important is firstly we need to note how the people are married and uh, the marital regime that applies. You know, um, if people are married in community of property, then uh, we have to do an application, and that application would then be done in terms of your um, section forty-five. Uh, when you do the application, and the property is then awarded to both. Uh, spouses in equal shares, undivided equal shares. Um, what's important to know about uh, the Section 45 application is that there's no transfer treaty payable. So it's by way of application and both uh, parties would consent and will sign and um, you know, will then effect and do the endorsement on the title so that it shows both parties. Um, also, again, if there's a change in um, the marital regime, you know, the, the, the matrimonial property system, um, if it's changed from incommutative property to out of community property, because remember, sometimes people will get married in community property and then later on realize that, you know, this was not the best decision made and then there's a whole court application when they're changing how they're married and then our changes to they change to out of community property. So with that also we'll then also do this um, this application but uh, the spouse who then takes the half share uh, remember this is a property that we both own and then we change and then I'm saying, okay, I'm going to take this property, then I'm, I'll be taking the half share, but then this transfer duties are applicable. Uh, similarly, when people are married um, out of primitive property and you want to buy the, 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 or you want to acquire the, the half share in your spouse's um, property, you then actually buy the half share because remember then you're married out of community property, what yours is yours and so you're not sharing. So for you to have a share in your, in your spouse's half share, in your spouse's whole share, you'd have to buy half of the property and uh, would then go and do the, the endorsements. Mm -hmm. I'm in conversation with Uta Kieler-Sebego, who's the Managing Director at Sebego Incorporated, and we're looking at an expert guide to getting someone on and off a title deed. Matters of a title deed can be, uh, you know, quite tricky, and I think sometimes can even be caused for quite a lot of conflict, uh, you know, especially when we're looking at 
family homes, family homes that can be very highly contested. If you've ever had an issue with a title deed, you do uh, share that experience with us and how you are able to best resolve it. Uh, you know, oftentimes, and I always say this one, when it comes to legal matters, it is one of those things that you cannot you know, kind of beat about the bush or think you can DIY it yourself. You do need to an expert in order to make sure that everything is done as it should be. We're going to go for a quick break. When we come back, we'll be looking at um, some of the mistakes people make when it comes to um, whether adding or taking somebody off a title deed, because we have seen some of those things happen, uh, which can cause quite a lot of time delay. Um, and sometimes end up costing people quite a significant amount of money because of the mistakes that they made. We'll be exploring those and, of course, looking at your questions and comments. And later on, you can also look forward to us announcing that winner of the 500 Rand cash prize in the competition. We'll be back just after this. And 53 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantungwa Kumalo. Uh, it's the Thursday edition of the Private Property Podcast. And uh, this evening, I'm joined by Usaki Lesbego, who's the Managing Director of Spego Incorporated. We're talking about something that, you know, a lot of us probably have a lot of question marks about. I've, uh, you know, recently gotten very interested in title deeds and understanding quite a lot of legalities around them. And it's probably because of my own interest and the law course I was doing uh, that, I, you know, I increasingly wanted to find out more about this one. But we are taking your questions and comments when it comes to um, this particular one. I already see uh, them coming through from our Facebook page. And, um, you know, one of the things that I wanted us to explore, um, Sakile, before we go to the questions and comments is what are some of the mistakes that you know you find people typically make when it comes to dealing with the title deed um you know that you've essentially found because i think sometimes we often don't know what we don't know and you we certainly also see people wanting to cut corners um, when it comes to dealing with things that have to do with houses but this is one of those departments that you can't just try and cut a corner uh, so what have been some of the mistakes that you sometimes seen people making when it comes to handling the issue of the title deed? Yeah. Um, well, one which comes into mind is because is, is, you, you mentioned it, uh, would be the issue of family homes. And uh, mostly, I think 
what you'll find is that a person passes on and remember when that person dies, that person has left an estate. So with that estate, maybe there was a property um, in that estate and um, we obviously have to start with the administration of the deceased estate. Um, one thing that you see often happen is that the family would nominate someone to act as a representative of their estate or as an executor. And oftentimes we then find that the executor would think just that by virtue of them being executor or representative, they are entitled to the property. And you see instances where that person then runs ahead and registers the property in their name. Um, it's, it's also one thing that's, 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 um, has affected many people where they have to now go and undo these things and what do you then do with the property and who do you register the property and whose names do you register the property to? Um, I think that's, that's, that would be one of the issues and one of the common mistakes. We are, of course, taking your questions and comments uh, here on the Private Property Podcast. We're talking matters relating to title deeds. If you've ever found yourself um, in a very difficult position when it comes to that one, do send us through. I see we've got a question here coming from uh, Glad Sharinda on Facebook asking, what happens in the process of lodgement um, and preparation and registration? So this is at the deeds office. What exactly is happening in that process of a property transaction? Enlargement, preparation, and registration. Okay, so what normally happens is that when the conveyances have done everything they're supposed to do in preparing the documents and preparing the title, because remember what happens before you get to enlargement, the parties will meet, they'll sell, one would sell, one would buy, there will be the bond, uh, which is in place, or if it's a cash deal, then it's a cash deal. But when all the documents have been prepared, uh, namely the, the draft or the, 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 the documents which would then be the title deed, when it's the new title deed, when it has been prepared, when we've received the rates clearance certificates, when you've received the transfer duty receipts or exem um, exemption, when all of those documents have been prepared, they are then shipped off to the deeds office uh, for registration, because remember, at the conveyances offices, what happens is the preparation of the documents, and then they're not registered at the conveyances offices. They then go to the deeds office. When they get to the deeds office, when you submit, this is what is called lodgement. So when the documents are submitted at the deeds office, they're then lodged. And when they're then lodged, they then go through examiners, uh, who are the people at the deeds office that go through the, the, the documents. You'll find in a batch if there's a bond uh, to be registered, it will be a batch. Typically, you find a batch of three, which will be the transfer documents. You'll find the bond registration documents. And most of the time, there's a bond that needs to be canceled. So you will also find bond cancellation documents. And all of those documents go together in one batch. They then go through this process of being scrutinized to check compliance. And if certain things have been done, if the, um, the certificate is valid, and basically it's just to check compliance. And that is done by the registers, the examiners at the deeds office. 
once it goes through all of the stages, uh, there are certain stages, uh, stage one, two, three uh, levels. So once it gets to the last level, it, it, it then goes out to prep. When it goes to prep, it means that it has passed all of those stages and then it needs to be put forward for registration. So meaning the examiners have examined and they're happy and this then, uh, batch can then proceed to be registered. And this is what we call PrEP. When you say documents on PrEP, it means they're passed. And now the next step is that you then go to the deeds office again, take the documents and take them to another section um, for registration. And then you, you, you then um, submit within the, 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 the deeds office. And then this is when you submit for registration. And then those documents are then registered and the title deed number is affixed and the transaction has then been registered. But then what's important to know is that uh, when they go into execution, which is the last stage, they get executed, but it does not mean that when the attorneys will call to say your property has been registered today, that your title deed will come back today. There was still a data capturing process that happens at the deeds office where the documents have been scanned and numbered. And then this is only then that they'll come back. Uh, typically it takes about a week or two after it's been registered to, to come back out. We've got another question here from uh, one of our regular viewers on our Facebook uh, page. This one is coming from who asks, is it worth adding someone if you bought the property before you were married? And does that not come with costs? Is the property not automatically split in half in the event of a divorce anyway? Um, I think it's something we touched on earlier when I said that by the operation of the law, if, if, if you are married, if you marry someone in community of property, uh, by operation of the law, this property will then form part of the joint estate. Excuse me. And then at the dissolution of the marriage, either by death or divorce, it's all be dealt with in terms of the law. However, you still do get people who would not always be comfortable with just knowing that by operation of the law, you know, on part of this property, you do get people that will still want to say, I want to see my name on the actual title deed. And this is why you then have all, all, all um, the endorsements. Uh, now, Sakile, you know, before we wrap our conversation this evening, you know, what tips would you share with viewers at home when it comes to handling their title deed matters, whether somebody's being added on or somebody's being taken off? What's something that, what is something that they should always bear in mind um, when they are about to embark on that particular matter? I think something to always remember is that there, there are costs to these things. Um, whether you're adding or taking a person off, always consider the costs involved. Um, it, it's not a simple process and you do need to get an attorney involved. You can't just scratch a person's name off. If there's a bond also um, on the property, you need to consider all of those factors and factor it in, you know, if you need to remove this person, this person is a, a co-data 
Um, obviously, you need to take over the bond. You need to look at your affordability. But also what's important is that where you see that I just want out of this property and this person is not giving me, you know, uh, any joy in buying me out or me buying them out, you can always approach the courts to, to, to get a court. So I seem to have lost Rusakile there uh, on my side. I'm not sure whether it is my connection or his. I'm just going to give it a, a moment there, ask my colleague whether the connection is on my side. I know that I'm in the middle of nowhere. So it's very possible that the error might be on our side. And I think one of the big things that Sakila was echoing there is that it's so important to work with a professional because this is something that's going to incur costs. It is a legal matter. Uh, so it isn't something that you should be taking lightly at all. So it becomes very important that you're always mindful of something like that because you could very easily you know, end up doing something that's going to uh, probably not go the way that you would like it to be. So it really is important that you work with the right team. And this is something that we emphasize quite a lot here on the Private Property Podcast, the importance of making sure that you work with the, uh, you know, with the right professional team, whether it's the attorney, whether it's a bond originator, whether it's a banker. Uh, so it's always so important to ensure that you work with the right team and people who have the expertise to carry out whatever it is that you need done. Now, the team has let me know that the the connection error was on his side. I'm glad that the, uh, you know, the connection gods, as it were, uh, made it to the tail end of our conversation and we're able to get through the, the really important aspects of what we need to bear in mind when you're talking about things that are relating to that title deed. Well, that's going to be it for our conversation this evening with Usakile Sibego, uh, the Managing Director of Sibego Incorporated. We'll certainly invite him back again to you know, look at legal matters and probably get into the intricacies of the title deed. Some of the, you know, one of the questions that I like asking guests when we get to title deeds is you know restrictions on a, on a title deed that inform what we can or cannot do with the particular property and how we can remedy you know, doing some of the things that um, you know are not inclusive in that title deed. So what are the steps you need to follow in order to have those amended? Well, it is that time before we wrap up and uh, you know end our conversation this evening where we give away that five hundred giant cash prize. Now, as usual, I'm going to start off by reading the. Uh, response that we got. Remember, what we ask from you is to let us know how watching the Private Property Podcast has impacted your life and what you have learned from watching these. And just by virtue of answering that question and making sure that you tuned in live while we answer, while we announce the winner, you stand a chance of walking away with that 500 rand in cash. And this one goes, um, the UDZ text incentive was totally um, a new thing to me. Hearing Lady Barbara explaining brought so much light. Then there's investment in different asset classes that topped everything. 
before that episode, my mind was really not open to the option of investing in property at all. Learning about passive and active investment, investing, investment working for me while I'm sleeping. Now that makes it even more interesting. Thank you, private property, hashtag um, your space, your rules, and hashtag live podcast. And that great comment came from Umandla Josin uh, on our Facebook page. So that is Umandla Josin. Uh, we're going to give him a minute or two to get to us and let us know that he is in fact watching and claim that 500 rand in cash. Remember, that is how you make sure that you're able to walk around, walk away rather with that 500 rand cash prize, that you have to be watching and make sure that you raise that hand while we are still live on air. So Manfred Rosen, if you're watching, uh, then do make sure that you let us see you. And I'm going to wait for the team to just let me know whether or not Umandla is in fact live and watching us. And as we're waiting for Umandla, remember you can also walk away with that 500 grand cash price. All you have to do is enter the competition. We have shared the link on our Facebook page. So to all our viewers who are watching us on other social media platforms, we're running this particular conversation, um, this particular competition on our Facebook page. So you'd have to go all the way there to enter that particular competition. And as you can see you have to be watching us live in order to be able to claim the prize so that's one of the very big terms and conditions when it comes to that particular competition i'm going to give Mantra the last few seconds to just let himself be known so that we're able to see whether he is in fact here and uh watching and and, and in the event where he's not i've already been sent a potential uh, second runner up as it were and hoping that they perhaps are in fact watching uh so i'm going to wait for my colleague to just let me know whether umantra has let himself be known i don't want to move too quickly i'm also mindful that the connection in the bundus that i'm in is is, is not that great uh so it could very well be that they've communicated this to me but we're still waiting. Now, before I'm going to give Amanda the last 10 seconds of the team, the last 10 seconds to let me know if he's watching uh, or not. And I see that I haven't received anything from our our team at home so unfortunately or the team rather has not let me know that umanza is in fact watching so unfortunately umanza does forfeit that 500 rand cash and we're going to have to go to the next person um and that next person and before we go there i see one of my colleagues uh saying umanza and i think they're typing and so they're saying that he's logged back in uh i'm going to give it a few seconds they're typing um, quite frank, frankly, um, well, the other colleagues actually let me know that Mantla is not, in fact, um, available for us. So we're going to have to move to the next winner and the next potential winner. Uh, this one is, I'm going to say their name first in the event where they are on, they let us know. And this is Ukulufelo Hope Baloyi. That's Ukulufelo Hope Baloyi. And they wrote, I learned that you have to confirm your affordability and that before you consider investing in property, you have to get educated about the different strategies of property investment. Hashtag private property and live podcast. And that is Ukulufelo Hope Baloyi. Ukulufelo, if you are watching us live, then do let us know and we will um, make sure that you might be the winner. Uh, but Kulufelo, we are waiting for you to raise your hand. We're going to give Kulufelo another minute to let us know if they are on or not. And then we will see if they are on. And I think, you know, one of the big things that we are certainly realizing, and we like changing things up, you know, when we look at competitions, 
we want to make sure that you don't just, when you have to be watching us, you have to be available to claim your prize. And in the event where you are, in fact, watching us, then you get to walk away with that prize. And I think we might actually do this with all competitions going forward. I know it can be very admin intensive. If by the third try, we still don't get it, maybe we'll make it roll over or we'll choose two winners tomorrow, sort of up the stakes a little bit and end off on end uh, of on a high. So we are waiting uh, for that, uh, you know, the latest uh, potential winner of that 500 Rand cash price. That is Ukulufelo Hope Baloi. We are waiting to hear from you if you are live. I'm also waiting for the team to let me know if Ukulufelo is in fact uh, live with us. And as we wait for Ukulufelo, I do want to urge you to engage with, engage with us on our social media platforms. It's so important that, you know, we keep the conversation going, whether it's on our Twitter platform, right here on Facebook. I know a lot of you, you know, always continue the conversation even below the episodes in the various comments, which is so important because it really is a way for us to be able to, uh, you know, learn from each other as we unpack everything relating to property. I see Kulu Fellows also not uh, watching, so they also get to forfeit. Uh, the last person who can potentially win, I'll also say their name first and read the written uh, quite a bit and I really love what they have written here and in the event where they're not uh, live we're in the event where they're not watching us live then we're going to have to roll this one over to tomorrow and potentially do two giveaways tomorrow because we did promise that we're going to be doing them you know for the whole week so we're not going to miss a beat so tomorrow we'll probably give away two so remember the big thing if you're going to enter the competition you need to be watching live because your name could be called now the next person is Ulitaba More Litaba More or More I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your surname incorrectly and Litaba wrote uh, I must say I have learned a lot from the live podcast especially the previous one talking about the responsibilities of both the tenant and the property owner as a tenant I've realized that some owners take advantage of their tenants and we as tenants lack knowledge about our rights. Sometimes I would repair things which were supposed to be fixed by the owner, like plumbing and electrical problems. Due to that specific podcast, I have learned a lot and actually approached the owner to discuss the situation. And due to that, my rent has been slashed till the money I've paid for those services is back in my pocket. Thanks to private property, hashtag private property and the live podcast. I love that. And that's exactly the type of um, you know, intention that we have for this podcast, that whether you're a tenant, whether you're a landlord, you're able to be empowered to you know, speak to your tenants or speak to a landlord on issues that you learn here on the podcast. And I think it's also quite great that Lisaba was actually able to even uh, you know, save essentially money and that rental has been slashed. I think when we look at the tough financial times that we're finding ourselves in right now, you want to make sure that you save every rand that you have. So we're going to wait for a little bit, see if Lisaba is going to um, you know, respond. And we don't hear from Lisaba in the next minute. We are going to roll this over to tomorrow. Remember the only way you can walk away with this cash prize is that you have to be watching. You need to be watching in order to be able to claim it. And you really have about a two, maybe at most a three-minute window period to be able to claim it, uh, failing which we then move on to the next person. So it's very important that you are watching us live and are able to engage with us so you walk away with that cash prize. And that is Uli Taibomore, who's really shared such an incredible testimonial to how watching the live podcast and even the most one of the most recent ones that we had last week and how that essentially uh, helped them get a reduction in their rental as they've been, uh, you know, 
covering for issues that the landlord has had to cover for. Now, I've heard from my colleague, they've said that the tower, unfortunately, is also not on. I don't know what it is. You know, maybe it's Thursday. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm you know, I'm not in Joburg. I'm not where I usually do the podcast. So is this what happens when I decide to leave town uh, and do the podcast from another part of the country? Uh, well, we're going to have to, you know, leave it there for now. And, and as promised, we are going to do two giveaways tomorrow. So the very big thing is going to be giving away two 500 grand cash prizes tomorrow because we did promise that we'll be doing them throughout the week. You want to make sure that you watch, especially if you know that you've entered the competition, make sure that you watch the live podcast because you could walk away with that 500 grand in cash. Well, folks, that's it for me, Zamandungwa, here on the Private Property Podcast. It has been a pleasure. And of course, even chatting to our, my guest earlier this evening, Osakile Sibego, the managing director of uh, uh, Sibego Incorporated, on all things relating to title deeds and better understanding how to navigate it if you have to, you know, add somebody or take somebody off that title deed. I do promise that we will invite him back on the show. It was really great having him, and I think having a better understanding on legal matters when it comes to property is so important. Well, we're going to leave it there this evening on the Private Property Podcast from us and the team. Uh, we're going to be back on your screens tomorrow evening at 7pm. As usual, hoping you're staying home and staying safe. Besides the beautiful beaches, sunny skies and how central everything is, what I really love about Amshwanga is the people. You can't help but become immersed in the culture and you'll find people connecting in the most authentic spaces. 
just got this wild Hard to think that only a few years ago these business parks and homes were mostly sugarcane. The rate that this area has been developed at is truly mind blowing. Especially with the fast pace of life these days, we really pride ourselves in being that bright spot in a person's day. You'll see everything from advocates and CEOs to creatives and students who pop into our spot for that short moment to escape. There's just so much life and energy in this area, and after a hectic week there's nothing better than stopping in at Mount Edgecombe Country Club for a relaxed round of golf. beauty and serenity that the estate offers really inspires me. There's honestly no place I'd rather live. That's my Amphanga. Um, 